This is episode 38 with Tanner Gears. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What's up, what's up, men of abundance? We have yet another amazing guest on the line today. As you may have figured out by now, men of abundance is different from other shows because yes, we do interview entrepreneurs, we interview authors, we interview coaches, we interview veterans, we interview people of all walks of life. And one of a few other things that sets us apart from other shows that you may be listening to is that our mission, our goal with each and every episode is to get to know who that person really is, to find out what their kick in the gut moment was because anybody who has reached any level of success in their life has had at least one, if not multiple kick in the gut moments. And then we want to get into that pivot point. We want to get into that enough is enough point in their life where they just said, I cannot stand this no more. I'm not going to live this way anymore. I've got to do something about it. Again, anybody who is successful and living a life of abundance certainly has had that pivot point and simply decided they were not going to live that way anymore. They were going to start taking better care of themselves. They were going to start taking care of their family and they were going to start giving back to their community in whatever way they see fit. That's just one reason why I love doing this show for you so much. Because yes, we do get some very successful people to share their amazing stories with you, our abundant leaders. But the part that I like best, the part that excites me is hearing the stories of the person behind the greatness, behind the success, and behind the abundance. I bring this up because our guest today, Tanner Gears, is a man that I've been listening to for the last couple of months, ever since I first discovered his podcast. And... I guess I never paid attention and went back and listened to his backstory. So when I heard his story today, I was truly blown away. I was almost speechless. Of course, I couldn't be because I had to go on with the show. But I really had to check myself because knowing what Tanner has accomplished in his life and everything that he's doing today, I had no idea that he was doing so under the conditions by which he's been doing them. Tanner explains more in his story. But to give you just a brief overview of what Tanner has accomplished so far in his life, Tanner is a published author, professional speaker, U.S. Paralympian, and the host of the Athlete Summit. Tanner has a degree in business, and he consults and speaks for corporate, educational, nutrition, fitness, and sports clients. He has worked with disabled youth and adults through various organizations such as Easter Seals, the Foundation for Blind Children, and Wounded Warriors. A competitive athlete himself, Tanner is passionate about improving coaches, athletes, and his own performance by pulling back the curtain on what elite coaches are successfully using today with their own Olympic, professional, collegiate, and high school athletes. Tanner is no doubt an abundant man, and I'm very excited to introduce him to you today. Tanner, welcome to Men of Abundance. Wally, thank you so much for having me. It is awesome to be here. It is. I've been listening to your show for quite a while. And as I told you the other day, I was going through all my podcasts and I 
Seriously, I just subscribe to so many podcasts, and there's so many great, great shows out there. There really is so much information, but I really got to kind of narrow down what I'm listening to for what I'm focusing on for that particular week or month and what, you know, what my immediate goals are. And you made the cut, bro. <laughs> that is, uh, that is quite the honor, Wally. Really abundant leaders. You don't know how much that means to me, um, to hear Wally say that. And, um, uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So where are you at in the world? I live in Phoenix. I'm in uh, your old stomping grounds. Absolutely. Born and raised. I'm a Phoenician man, born and raised. I left there when I was, goodness, 20 almost 21 to join the army that was 26 some odd years ago yeah we we had a very similar journey almost growing up and i was uh, i was planning on enlisting too as as you know you what i was planning on enlisting in the military as well okay yep yep yeah so what uh what are you, have you always been in phoenix or how long have you been there i have been here since 2014 so whoa you know, two two years and a couple months, mm-hmm. and I love it up here. I mean, I've, I moved to Tucson from Houston, Texas, back right before I started high school, and I've really moved all over the place growing up, everywhere up and down I-10. So I've lived in Anaheim, California, Tucson, Houston, Texas. I was born in Lafayette, Louisiana, lived there a few different times in and around those areas. Uh, Mobile, Alabama, Jacksonville, Florida, Orlando, Florida. And so all of those places, minus Phoenix, I had lived before I started high school. Yeah, I've lived all over that area, all over Texas. And, well, only place I've lived in Arizona is, is Phoenix. But I've been all over all over Texas, not Houston, but San Antonio, El Paso, Colleen. Oh, goodness, yeah. don't go there. <laughs> my opinion, my opinion. You know, but... <laughs> So, Tanner, I like to start out every one of my shows basically how I start most mornings, which is with an attitude of gratitude. Yes. What do you have to be grateful for today? Well, it's so interesting, Wally, because recently I've been so stressed out. I haven't been doing my thing. And just the other day, I after I got done working out, I was laying down on the living room floor, and I was just being grateful in the moment and I was thinking about all the things that I am grateful for the physical things and I was like man why am I grateful for why am I drawn to that first why am I grateful for material possessions like yeah it's nice like I I I enjoy things but why but why am I drawn to that and then so and then I was I was like all right I'm thinking about myself and I started thinking about my physical body my physical health and I was so grateful for that and then I thought to myself, why am I grateful? It's still kind of, it's me. It's not, ex- it's not some external material thing. It's a physical thing, though. And it just, I came to this moment. Now, I'm exhausted from a workout. I'm, I'm laying on the, gr- <laughs> the ground. Still, my heart's still beating kind of fast. And I just get to this moment where I'm just grateful for being me. And it was so beautiful, Wally. And this is, you are the first person that I've shared this with. Um, and it just, I just thought that the abundant leaders would appreciate that I, I am grateful for a lot of the things that I have in my life, everything that I have in my life, everything that I am. But I, for the first time ever, I was just grateful for being me. 
I truly appreciate you sharing that with me, definitely. And I'm sure we're going to get into much more of why uh, you feel grateful about being you. I know because I've been listening to you for a little while. Or I have an idea anyway, let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, but I've only scratched the surface, I'm sure. So that's what I'd like to do now, actually, is I've talked a little bit about you just before we got started. Very brief bio. Uh, but I would like to hear directly from you, and let's get a little bit personal. Yeah, definitely. So, it, you know, all-American kid growing up, and, you know, I was really impacted by 9-11, really wanted to do something about that. And at the same time in my life, I was going, I was battling internally. This, I was looking for something. I wanted to be a part of something bigger. That's why I was drawn to the military. That was why I was drawn to defending our country and you know service. And at the same time, I was battling internally, you know, like the man or you know management or you know just the person above me. Right? I I wanted to you know screw you. You can't tell me what to do. And at the same time, I had this urge to serve. So these really conflicting inner turmoil and then my brother and I were going to enlist in the buddy system and we were all set to do it and I backed out I backed out uh, because that's how I turned my back on my brother that's how deep this conflict was this rebellious these problems that I was dealing with. And eventually I got my act together. Thank God for that because Wally, I was at a really low moment in my life when I was in when I was 20 in the later months, the entire year I was 20 and even the later parts of when I was 19, I was just I was going crazy. Um, you know, drugs, alcohol, women, um, you know, crime and there was this low point in my life, Wally, where I thought to myself, you know, if I get arrested, you know, if I go to jail, at least I won't have to worry about the rent. You know, like that was the story I was telling myself. I wouldn't have to worry about food. I mean, I wouldn't have to worry about providing for myself. Everything would be taken care of. So, you know, why not steal this? And... I finally started to realize that if I'm going to do anything with my life, that I really have to take action. I was inspired again by 9-11. I knew that I had to get out of Dodge, pull myself out of that toxic environment, that cancerous environment. And again, I was drawn to the military. I was drawn to service. I was drawn to something that was bigger than me. I was drawn to the potential the leadership development, the discipline. I was drawn to the long-term development and growth via the GI Bill and the opportunities that it could provide for me. And then in addition to all the networking and the connections and the relationships I would build with these other men and women who are serving something bigger than themselves. And so I'm really looking like an asymptote you know, the projectile, the, the path of my life is on its way up in a fast way at this moment. And it's from the bottom, just the bottom of the bottom. And, and then I was in a, in a severe auto accident um, that left me disabled. 
can you tell us more about that accident? Yeah, I mean, I was deep in the enlistment process. I had already taken my ASVAP. I knew what my my job was going to be. And at the time, back then, we had to drive up to Phoenix in order to sign the papers, like the signing office or whatever was in Phoenix. And it didn't make sense to me that we couldn't actually put our name on the dotted line in Tucson. And so that's how far along I was. I was just w- basically waiting. And my brother's birthday is March 27th. And that's a Saturday that falls on a Saturday in 2004. And, you know, he was serving. You know, he was doing his thing. And I should have been there with him. And it was his birthday. And so, I, you know, I went out and was uh, having a really good time. And I woke up at a friend's house. And, you know, we were talking about the night before and just having a, you know, a normal Sunday morning. And then, you know, she had to go do whatever. And so she dropped me back off at my car and I was driving back home to my parents' house. And my parents live in the sticks, literally the boonies. It's the next town over from Tucson. And they live at the end of a dirt road. Uh, There's no driving by this property. It's a destination. And on the way out there, it's windy and hilly and I I loved driving fast. That was one of the ways that, um, you know, I kind of got an adrenaline rush. And I was driving too fast. I lost control of my car. It started flipping and rolling, and I flew down in an embankment. And somewhere between there and landing upside down, a tree, a Palo Verde tree, green Palo Verde tree, came through my windshield, impaling me in the face. And, uh, yeah, that's, um, that was, um, <laughs> that was the end of my driving fast days. Yeah. And, uh, obviously the end of your military career before it even got started, correct? Right. Yeah. Before it even got started before. So here I am, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to do something with my life and really start taking those first steps as an adult towards growth and abundance. And, you know, I wake up in the, in the hospital totally blind, blind out of both eyes. And when that tree hit me in the face, it blew the left eye out of my eye socket. It blew forehead off to such a degree you could see my brain. It was exposed to the air. You know, my jaw broken, nose just, you know, the imp- I have my left cheek and jaw and left forehead. They're, you know, they're all implants and all plated together. And the, the swelling on my brain, the swelling of my brain pushing the optic nerve against my skull um, eventually led to me being totally blind. And then come to find out I've got this infection on my brain. I have this infection on my brain that's killing me. And I've got another infection in my sinus cavity that's eating my eye from the inside out. And so on top of just dealing with the blindness, and waking up a bag of bones because I've been, you know, like on a feeding tube with a, a tracheotomy, on a, you know, I'm on life support, and you know it's it's eight eight weeks or so. So you know it's just over eight weeks till I'm I'm gone. So March 28th I enter the hospital. Memorial Day weekend is when I left. So it was, it was, it was tough. It was tough. 
Yeah, I can. Wow, I can imagine. I didn't even. I just listen to your show all the time, and I hear all the positive things you're talking about, and everything going on. And honestly, I didn't even, you know. And I do this with most of my guests, quite frankly. I don't really get into a whole lot of the backstory. I just listen to who the man is now, and and what you're doing, and everything you're doing. And I know there's always that backstory. So I'm assuming that that is basically your kick in the gut moment. How could it get any worse from there? Right. Yeah. I mean, the only way it could get worse is that. You know, if I wake up 20 years from now, 10 years from now, five years from now, if I wake up sometime in the future and I can see and I look back on a life where I didn't create any abundance, I didn't pursue any passion or purpose, that would be a bigger tragedy. That's the only way it could get worse. Right. So you're obviously doing amazing things now. So what was the pivot point? Where was your enough is enough moment to basically tell you, you know, to pick it up and, and take a different path. When did that happen? Can we hear that story? Yeah, there was two. There's two, and I'll try to, I'll try to tell them as quick as I can without, uh, you know, diminishing the story. So, you know, I'm a bag of bones, and I'm totally blind, and I'm dealing with all these things, you know, like this infection on my brain that's killing me, um, the intense pain of my eye being eaten from the inside out, and, you know, I'm totally blind. The anxiety and the depression and my life feeling like it's been taken out from under me, that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a cripple. And so I can barely hold myself up. I have at-home IVs. And my dad comes around the corner and he would always tell me, chin up, because I couldn't hold myself up. I was so skeletal. And, you know, I didn't move. And... So he knew something was wrong, and he came and he sat down next to me. And he puts his hand on my knee. He says, Tanner, what, you know, what's wrong? What can I do? I said, Dad, you know, you can't do anything. You can't do anything. I'm blind. My life is over. It's meaningless. My, wife, my life is worthless. And... He said, Tanner, you know, that is not the attitude that I raised you to have. I understand it's difficult right now. It's always going to be difficult. But Tanner, you could be blind and you could be in a wheelchair. As a matter of fact, you should be. You could be blind in a wheelchair and mentally, you should be a vegetable. Tanner, you should be dead. And that was the moment where I realized what my dad said. He goes, Tanner, it's always going to be tough, but it could always be worse. And when you have a perception of whatever you're dealing with in life could always be worse, no matter your circumstance, it could always be worse. No matter how bad you failed, it could always be worse. When you have that understanding, that knowledge, that wisdom, then the failures, the valleys don't seem so deep. The failure is not so rough. And so you're able to scale that mountain a lot faster. Get back up on your feet. Hit the trail. And then the next moment, 
where I really started to take control of my life in, in a completely different way, in the mental way. I mean, yeah, your mind drives that action. But when you go all in, like what I'm about to share with you. So I wake up from my fourth brain surgery to try to heal this infection on my brain. And these at-home IVs are incredibly painful. They feel like fire going through my veins. They've already removed my eye from the sinus infection. And I feel beaten. I'm just beaten. And I wake up in ICU and the neurosurgeon comes in and he says, you know, the post-op MRI results are in and the infection's still there. Another round of meds and, you know, we'll see you. And so this is six months after my accident. You know, four rounds of these meds, four brain surgeries, four times they're sawing my head open, unscrewing the plates, bolting it back in, scraping stuff off my brain and dumping drugs in me that hurt to a degree that I wish upon no one. And, and I said, you know what, no. You can't even guarantee that I'm going to live. You, you can't guarantee you're going to save my life. And yet you want me to go through another round of this pain? It's been six months. Not one, not two, not even three. We're talking six months. No progress. I said, I'm not taking your meds. If I'm going to die, it's going to be on my terms. And those terms are pain-free. And, you know, he was, he was so upset, you know, because he had taken my life in his hand so many times um, in surgery. And he said, you know, do you want to die? And I said, if it means living like this, I'm willing to take that risk. That was, uh, that was the second to last time I ever saw him. The last time was a few months later when we got the fifth pre-op MRI results back. Before the surgery, they do an MRI to map out the game plan. And we went over those results and there was no infection. Wonderful. Yeah. So those were the two moments when... Um, I realized that you just got to do, you just got to take action. Um, a member um, in my mastermind, uh, Joel, uh, Joel Bogus, said, doing is the new planning. And I think that we can always get crippled with, you know, making the, you know, oh, is this the right choice or, you know, am I making the right decision? And, you know, is there a better way? You know, it needs to be like this, it needs to be like that. And, you know, we really truly learn through doing because doing inevitably leads to more failures and failure is the greatest opportunity for learning. And, you know, and then when you augment that, the doing with the power of belief and mindset, man, you just put, uh, you just put steroids on a man that was unstoppable to begin with. Yeah, you really said a mouthful there for sure. And Men of Abundance knows my stance on this. I've been in the medical field my entire adult life. And, you know, I, we've come a long, long ways with our medical uh, treatments and even with medications and whatnot. But at some point, 
We have to listen to our body yeah. and we have to live our life. And if you just couldn't go on living with that amount of pain, if, if that was what living was supposed to be, that's as far as you were concerned, not living. And this is different for everybody. Abundant leaders is different for everybody. But Tanner just happened to know where he was at in his life. And he was willing to take those that take that chance to live and live pain free. It's a hard decision to make. I'm, I'm sure it is. I know a lot of the abundant leaders, you know, I, you know, I pray that none of you are blind, that none of you are dealing with a life-threatening illness or anything like that. And the, the point is, is that we all struggle and we all have these hardships. When we decide on us, when we decide to take action and just believe in what we're doing, then, you know, great things happen. You can literally, you know, heal your, heal your brain with your mind. I totally agree. Mindset is, is very, very big. And you can heal your body with your mind and, of course, you know, proper nutrition, exercise, and just treating yourself right. So how did the Creative Success Show come about based off of all of that? Oh, my gosh. It's such a good story. So I'm an athlete. I'm, I'm a U.S. Paralympian track and field is my primary sport and I started dabbling in track cycling cycling is in the velodrome it's you know going around in a it's even shorter track than a track and field track it's typically 250 meters or 333 rather than a 400 meter track and field track so it's shorter and you're on a bike and the walls are banked and you go really fast like 40 miles an hour fast and so I was you know, dabbling in this and I was having a lot of success and I doubled down on my training and the opportunity to make it to Rio and I ended up failing. I had, I, you know, in December of 2015, I was the national champion in the Kilo, which is the one kilometer, it's the shortest event. And in February was a big, big qualifying event for Rio. If I did well at this event, I was going to do well. I was probably going to make it to Rio. And I was so, so I was so excited and I doubled down and I ended up coming up short, failed. You know, one reason or another, it didn't happen. So I come home and mentally, I've already switched. I can, I can switch mentally really easily. And I've already switched to track and field. And my first track practice, the very next weekend after losing at that event, I end up running into a fence post at about 60 meters in to a 100-meter effort. And I'm doing these repeats at about, uh, you know, 13, 3, 13 and a half seconds. And you can just do math and realize that the average speed is about 16 and a half miles an hour. The average speed, you know, you don't start at 16 and a half. And so one can deduce that I was probably running around, you know, 18 miles an hour, maybe 19 miles an hour when I hit that fence post. And I broke my ribs, I broke bones on my foot, I broke my kneecap, and you know the hopes for Rio were pretty much you know just shot in the head right there. And you know, on the way on the way home, I told my wife, I said, uh, you know, this is it. I'm I'm going to start the podcast now. I got to sit at home and heal these injuries anyway. I might as well do something with it. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, yeah, that's a wonderful time to be able to do that. So how did you get into the whole idea of podcasting? Was that obviously that was something you were already thinking about or and you had this show planned in your mind already? Yes, not the creative success show. That was a, a baby. That was a love child of the Athletes Summit. And in 2013, I think it was 2013, in the fall or the winter, I saw an online summit. I was like, man, that's, I want to do that. I want to interview people. I want to pull up knowledge. And, and I want to do it with something that I'm really passionate about, which is sports performance and athletic development. And, you know, ended up signing up for Podcasters Paradise, learned a lot there. And within, I believe it was about six or seven months of me joining that group, I launched the Athlete Summit with a bunch of big-time professionals, um, really elite sport coaches, even some motivational athletes, and I launched that. And the idea was is to convert that entire email list and convert that entire listenership into a podcast and, and do it in a niche that I love, sports performance and athletic development. But I loved the interview process so much. I loved the conversations that... I felt sports performance was pigeonholing me. And so I, I transferred that into an online membership program and held off on the podcast until I ran into that fence post. Wow. You're right. That is a very interesting story. So what are the good news stories that you've gotten so far from your paid community as well as your podcast? Well, I don't have a paid community as of yet on the podcast. We're getting ready to launch a new course and coaching environment that I'm super pumped up about. But with the Athlete Summit, I mean, it's great. I've had zero refunds. Okay. Abundance leaders, zero refunds. And in the online community and information, online digital products and services, to have zero refunds is amazing. So what is that? What exactly is the Athlete Summit? How does that work for you? So the Athlete Summit was was just really <laughs> the most self-serving thing possible because I'm, I'm a lifelong athlete. I love just competing and training. And so I wanted to know what the best were doing. What are the best athletes doing? Well, the best athletes are doing what the best coaches are doing because the best athletes are going to have the best coaches. And so... I just interviewed all these different coaches, these strength training coaches who maybe specialize in a particular sport, these speed training coaches, sports-specific coaches, like a baseball swing coach, a swim coach, you know, um, energy system specialists. And, you know, it was, you name it. You know, there was, it was covered. And a basketball shooting coach. So... Yeah, and then I just put, I compiled all these together, ran Facebook ads to the, uh, to the landing page with a lead magnet, and got the signups. And we were, we were in over, tw uh, we were in over 20, 20 countries, and it was, uh, it was phenomenal. I'm really intrigued in how you did that and how you set that up because I'm very interested in that. Well, so the, the, the benefit, what I can tell you is, is that that's going to be the thing it's really a basic model where it's you interview a bunch of people you reach out to them you interview a bunch of experts you find a way to host that media online put it up on a website use some type of service for example 
videos are hosted on YouTube for free. When I was looking at what it would cost for me to have to pay for that bandwidth, it was insane. And then I realized, I was like, oh, I can just pay for a service who handles this, like SoundCloud or YouTube, and get it for low cost, if not free. And so so got that situated. And then so I have a landing page with a lead magnet. So what audience are you looking for? Right? Who is your avatar? Who's this product or service or webinar or summit? Who is it targeted at? Who's going to best serve this? You need to know. You need to know what they like and what they don't like. You need to know what their age ranges are and what their income levels might be. Are they male or are they female? Do they spend time on a computer or is it on a mobile phone? And I can tell you from experience running Facebook ads that most purchases happen through desktop. So it's a good idea to target um, desktop users. And I don't know why we're not as comfortable making larger purchases on our phones yet, but we're just not. Desktop is the way to go. And then, and then so, you know, you just run, run the, uh, the appropriate ad to the right audience, send them to a landing page, you're providing them value for free, and then you offer the recordings for the presentations at a premium so that they can get them on their own time. So typically speakers will offer bonuses, some kind of free gift, maybe an ebook or uh, you know, a plan of some kind, some kind of maybe it's a digital product, whatever. And so that adds to the value for them to invest in these presentations. And I went, I went deep. I, I was asking the tough questions. And because it's something that I'm so passionate about, I know this stuff. I'm educated in this field. And the questions that I was going to ask them, I knew basically what they were going to say. So I could structure my, my questions in a very strategic way. And it was, it was so much fun. I loved it. Yeah, no, I get, I totally get that. Absolutely. So they're paying for the content and the conversations that uh, these gentlemen, men and women, these coaches basically are sharing all those specifics with you. Certainly. I mean, the, mm-hmm. and so I'm trying to think of it in a different way. So like, so like I have a health and fitness blog as well. And the my audience isn't the type of person who's going to be on YouTube and Pinterest always looking for meals or workout plans that's not going to be them because they're looking for something for free that's not going to be my audience but i'm going to be looking for someone who's related to that and um, you know that's you know so i I hope i'm making sense i hope i'm providing value to the abundant leaders absolutely very good stuff and i definitely appreciate you sharing that with us it's an amazing story so far what i'd like to do at this point is pay it forward to men of abundance you ready to do that you know it, baby. I love paying it forward. I know you do, and I and I truly appreciate it. You've already shared a great story with us, so what I'd like for you to do now is share with Men of Abundance one to three actionable steps that they can take today. One is is just be grateful for you. Like I said earlier, just being grateful for the other things is great. Being grateful for your health is awesome, but just for being you, like the being inside of you, be grateful for that. The other thing is to take care of yourself. Make sure that you're sleeping enough. Make sure that you're drinking enough water. I'm a hustler. No one is going to outwork me. People would be surprised about how many hours I actually put in. But I also take the time to take care of myself. I exercise. I drink water. I eat right. And I sleep the best that I can. Sometimes I'll only get two or three hours of sleep because I'm hustling. 
But when I sleep, I've got my earplugs in. I've got the room blacked out. And even though I'm blind, I do that stuff because I know that there's light receptors in my skin. And, you know, I'm sensitive to sound. So I try to block off. When I'm, when I'm down, when I'm resting, rest. Take care of yourself. And the final, the final thing, um, I guess the third one, is, is just, just do. Doing is the new planning. You, your plan will become refined once you take action and you see what happens. Then refine the plan. Excellent. I absolutely love everything you just said there. What habits make the biggest impact in your life? Biggest habits that make the biggest impact is, you know, the basics. You know, gratitude, writing down my goals, basic self-care. Doing the basics is what opens up the advanced things in our life. There's a reason why Major League Baseball players do batting practice. There's a reason why NFL wide receivers are always throwing and catching and throwing and catching and throwing and catching. It's about the basics. If you don't have the basics down, nothing advanced will show up in your life. Absolutely correct, without a doubt. What book would you recommend to Men of Abundance and why? Holy moly, I am a lifelong learner, and it's really tough to just narrow down to one. Right now, I'm actually wrapping up Tony Robbins' book, Money Master the Game, on Audible, 21-plus-hour investment, and I'm less than five. That book is incredible. Joel Olstein, Power of I Am, is amazing. And, of course, you, know, you can't ever go wrong with the Think and Grow Rich. I mean, that's foundational. All wonderful books. I've got uh, Tony Robbins' Money Master, Money Master the Game sitting right here on my desk next to me. I have to get the Audible because I have to admit – I've only gotten through a little bit of the book, the hardcover or the uh, physical book. I'm an audio guy. Obviously, yes. that's why I consume so many podcasts. I have to get a hold of that Audible uh, like right away. Yeah. So I have one last question for you, Tanner, and it's one of my favorite questions to ask, especially men like you. What does living a life of abundance mean to you? Living a life of abundance to me, it means that doing what I'm so passionate about without being feeling or acting like I'm restricted of choice. And so how, how do I do that? I do that by serving my mission of helping people, helping all the people in the world achieve their potential in life regardless of circumstance. And that is monetizing itself for me. It's just showing me. I'm just, I just show up and provide value. I provide value by supporting others, helping them develop into themselves, regardless of your circumstance. And man, I, I don't I don't see it becoming any more abundant than helping a, another person. Absolutely, great, great answer. And by the way, men of abundance, uh, all of the books that Tanner mentioned and any of the links can be found at the show notes at menofabundance.com forward slash zero three eight. So before we close this out, Tanner, I have, uh, I'd love for you to just leave us with a parting piece of guidance other than what you've already shared with us and any way that we can get in contact with you and anything exciting you have coming up. Wally, it has truly been a pleasure to be here with you and your audience. Abundant Leaders, I am sorry that I have taken up so much of your time. I know it's a little bit longer than usual, but the parting advice that I want to give you, if you can take anything home today, take home 
make plans like an adult and believe in them like a child. Children take action. Children keep doing. Think about that baby falling down, bumping its head. It doesn't worry about bumping its head the next time. It gets up and it tries to take another step. And it does it until it's running full speed. So make plans like an adult, but believe in them like a child. That is my parting message. And Abundant Leaders, stories have been so powerful for me in my life. I know that communication is so important, and it's why I studied it. It's why I invest so much in it. We communicate best through stories. We learn best through stories. We teach best through stories. And so I make it an active mechanism in my life. And it's something that I I try to pay forward to other people. So I just created, finished polishing my free course, Telling Better Stories. And I will make a special landing page just for the abundant leaders. And if you just go to creativesuccessshow.com slash abundant leaders, you can sign up for that free three-part video course. Tanner, I truly appreciate that and you giving that to the Abundant Leaders. And um, I'll definitely be taking a look at that myself. Right on, man. I I would love it. Tanner's been great. I I truly appreciate you sharing your story with us. Uh, I know some of that stuff isn't easy to share all the time, but I know we've gotten a lot out of this. And I look forward to getting my hands on that information. Thank you so much, Wally. It's it's been a pleasure. And and Abundant Leaders, stay open, stay vulnerable, keep going. All right, brother. I appreciate your time, man. Take care. Take care, Wally. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance. Abundance.